Managing risk and protecting your profits on a dairy farm isn't always easy, but it's becoming increasingly more important to have a good understanding of milk markets to better protect your profits through more frequent volatile periods. Welcome to the Protecting Your Profits podcast, a brief monthly update where I will take a deeper dive into topics or trends that will help you better understand milk markets and risk management. I'm Zach Myers, Risk Education Manager for the Center for Dairy Excellence. Let's see what's happening this month. Welcome back to the Protecting Your Profits podcast. I'm sure Zach is ready to give us another great update on dairy markets, so let's dive in. Um, what do you have planned for us this month, Zach? Well, Emily, I thought I would uh, hit some of the highlights of most of the recent uh, March and April USDA dairy-related statistics for the country and, and, and the state. Market volatility, of course, is still the name of the game, and there are several factors influence, influencing milk prices right now. Average class three milk price dropped month over month for the first time. In three months, while average class three price continued its three-month, month-over-month growth trend. And we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into these and other dairy data over the next several minutes. Okay, that sounds like a good plan. So before we get into some of the market data, can you give us a quick rundown on how milk production and cow numbers ended up across the country in April? I sure will. Cow numbers in the nation are up 113,000 head over last April. This is about a 1.2% increase and ended up at 9.49 million head, which is the highest national herd size since uh, somewhere around 1994, so nearly three decades. And perhaps part of the increase, at least for April, is the result of decreased culling. April dairy cow slaughter was down over 12% compared to April of 2020. With the increase, uh, cow numbers came also came increase of milk output per cow. Milk output uh, in April increased about 1.6 pounds per cow, or 2% more uh, this, pa this past April compared to April 2020. And of course, with increased cow numbers and, and increased uh, milk output per cow, you would assume that uh, uh, milk production also increased year over year, and it did. It these these increases led to an unexpected 3.3% increase in total milk production. It ended uh, this this past April at 19.3 billion pounds of milk across the country. Oh wow! Okay, so did Pennsylvania follow the national trend then? Unfortunately, uh, Pennsylvania did not follow the national trend. Um, milk output. Per, per cow did increase, but cow numbers and total production did not. The Pennsylvania milk herd is now 475,000 head. This is down about 2% uh, or 10,000 head from last April. Milk output per cow, as I said, did increase. It increased more than 1%. With the average Pennsylvania cow now producing, or at least in April, producing 70.5 pounds per day, about seven-tenths of a pound more than she did last April. Increased milk per cow, um, unfortunately, was not enough to offset the 10,000 cow drop. So total milk production fell about 9 million pounds compared to last April to 874 million pounds. Some of you that have listened may recall in February that I mentioned uh, that if uh, uh, during my report uh, 
uh, talking about 2020 final numbers, I mentioned that if cow numbers continue to drop in Pennsylvania, that Minnesota would likely surpass Pennsylvania as the state with the seventh highest milk production. Minnesota has increased 17,000 head since last April uh, to 462,000 head total. And through the first four months of the year, Minnesota has outproduced Pennsylvania each month to surpass Pennsylvania 3.49 billion pounds to 3.43 billion pounds. And uh, and part of that, of course, with uh, uh, less cows, the average Minnesotan cow in April produced 65 pounds more milk than the average Keystone cow. And of course, that made up for, made, more than made up for the 13,000 fewer cows in, in Minnesota compared to, to Pennsylvania. So it's uh, it's uh, unfortunate, but uh, as as Pennsylvania as the Pennsylvania dairy herd shrinks uh, um, until we can get that turned around and get milk production up, uh, unfortunately, this this trend has led to us to Pennsylvania now being the eighth highest milk producing state at least through the first four months of the year. Okay. Well, with the 3.3% increase in total milk production, it sounds like there's probably an abundance of milk around. So what do dairy product stocks and production look like? Well, generally speaking, Emily, the market uh, can keep up with between a 1.5 and a 2% growth or less. And uh, uh, But anything more than that really puts a strain on, on us being able to balance our market. So. As a result, dairy product stocks were mixed. April butter stocks were up about 3.4% or 12.7 million pounds compared to last April. However, cheese stocks were down about 1.7% or about 25 million pounds. April nonfat dry melt stocks won't be reported until the 1st of June, but March, March stocks were down nearly 10% or 34 million pounds from last March. March powder stocks were down considerably considerably uh, in, in part due to uh, increased exports, but we'll, we'll talk more about exports in a moment. My guess is that unless there is a further drawdown on powder stocks uh, through exports, that April powder stocks will show growth versus last year once that information is released here in, in a week or so. With April butter stocks up, it hints that butter and powder plants balance the market in April. April dairy product production won't be released until the 1st of June as well. But in general, March production was flat to up compared to March 2020. March butter uh, production was basically flat, down only 0.6% or about 1.1 million pounds. But with increased stocks in April, it, it wouldn't be off base to think that April, product, April production increased uh, once that those results are available. Cheese was up nearly 5%. Cheese production was up nearly 5% or about 54 million pounds. And fat dry milk was also up um, um, over 14% or 25 million pounds. Emily, it'll certainly be interesting to see how dairy product production plays out with a 3.3% increase in milk production during April once uh, we see that report here in, in a week or two. Yeah, I... It definitely, it'll be interesting to get that update. So what can you tell us about dairy product prices? It seems like we have some unfavorable conditions related to milk prices right now. So, Well, milk prices, are, or dairy product prices rather, are, are doing relatively well considering um, the growth we've had in, in, in milk production. In general, um, 
uh, dairy product prices have improved rel relative to last April, uh, and of course, last April produced some of the lowest prices since 2009. So uh, uh, maybe product prices aren't as high now as, as we would like them to be, but they're still um, much improved over last year. Butter price in April averaged $1.79 per pound compared to $1.15 last year. Cheese price uh, was $1.80 compared to $1.03. Per pound last year, and non-fat dry milk is a dollar twenty-four compared to an eighty-five cents uh, per pound price last year. Our butter price is trading at a discount compared to global dairy trade and European Union butter prices, and favors increase and it favors increased exports um, in in perhaps in the next uh, few months. Both cheese and non-fat dry milk prices are at a discount relative to global dairy trade prices but are marginally higher than the EU price of $1.68 for cheese and $1.15 for butters. Well, that sounds encouraging for farm gate milk prices. So what is this translating to for class three and four milk prices? Well, Emily, unfortunately, based on May 24th closing prices, the 12-month average class three price dropped month over month for the first time in three months. Although it's still better than much of 2020. Class 3 currently averages $1.38 per hundredweight. This is $0.36 cents cheaper than it averaged this time last month. Class 4, however, continues to improve month over month. At $17.63, Class 4's 12-month average is $0.55 cents higher than last month. April uh, Class 3 price is actually $2 above the five-year average of uh, $16.33 per hundredweight. And the class four uh, uh, milk price is actually nearly three dollars higher than than the five year average. So it's about a it's about two dollars and seventy nine cents, a hundred weight higher than than the five year average of uh, of uh, fourteen dollars and seventy cents. Well, thanks thanks for that info. So now that we've covered the market situation, let's go into exports. You mentioned exports a few minutes ago, and I know March exports are the latest data that we have available. So how did exports perform this past March? Really, it was uh, very unexpected. Uh, all major categories experienced growth compared to last March. At 215,557 metric tons of milk solids equivalents, March actually set a record for monthly export volume. This is 24% higher uh, than a year ago, and these two, nearly 216,000 metric tons were valued at uh, $688 million, which is the highest monthly value since uh, uh, some, some months were higher back in 2014. This is equivalent to 18.6% of total March milk production, which is the second highest monthly percentage ever recorded, and uh, that uh, is equivalent to about uh, about 1.2 days of production each week are destined to move across our, our uh, country's borders and go into the other, into other international markets, which is, which is uh, a huge improvement over, um, well, even just five or ten years ago. Much of the increase in exports were a rebound uh, of exports to Mexico to pre-pandemic amounts, especially uh, powders and cheese. Exports to China, Southeast Asia, and South Korea continue 
to expand, although uh, there are reports that uh, uh, the Chinese buy-in is maybe slacking off a little bit. Uh, Marsh's export data does have one caveat that may have made exports look better than perhaps they actually were. You may have heard over the last several months of shipping issues that have hindered uh, the ports in western U.S. with uh, transport availability, container availability, and ship availability. And some of those issues were relieved in March, and a backlog of dairy orders that were supposed to be shipped prior to March were able to be shipped. So it will take some time to be able to sort out the backlog shipments versus the new shipments. Um, but even even considering that, exports this year have fared really well, and most things I've read point to continued robust exports in the coming months as other countries like the U.S. start to and continue to emerge from the pandemic, and uh, especially if our price remains below international prices, it should be conducive to, to uh, a good export potential. Yeah, that's... That's good news considering it looks like milk production growth will continue for the foreseeable future. So I know you usually cover dairy margin coverage and dairy revenue protection in your monthly Protecting Your Profits webinar. So is there anything our listeners need to know about either of those programs right now? Yeah, the, the, the dairy margin coverage program has really, this year has really turned out to be uh, a, a great tool for those that enrolled in it. Uh, the March DMC margin was announced at the end of April with $6.46. Uh, this uh, uh, is the third month this year, so every month this year has triggered an indemnity so far. Actually, going back to December, it's the fourth month in a row. This uh, $6.46 margin amounts to a $3.04 per hundredweight payment at the maximum $9.50 per hundredweight uh, margin coverage. That uh, payment represents about uh, uh, about $2,300 per 1 million pounds of production history enrolled up to that 5 million tier 1 cap. And uh, that, uh, that uh, March payment brings the annual net benefit after premiums and, se and sequestration to about $6,500 per 1 million pounds, or about 53 cents per hundredweight for the year so far. Based on March 24th closing prices, the dairy margin feed price is projected to average $11.53 per hundredweight for the year, so uh, uh, about $3 higher than uh, last year, which is a huge increase. The lowest feed price for the rest of the year actually occurs this coming December and is $11.44. So this means in order for the dairy margin cover, dairy margin coverage payment at the 950 coverage to not be triggered, the U.S. all milk price must be greater than $20.94 per hundredweight. So uh, milk price, as we know, is all the U.S. all milk price is not likely to to average that for the rest of the year unless uh, unless milk prices get to significantly more um, significantly higher than what they currently are. So this means that uh, the DMC is, is likely to trigger an indemnity each month for the rest of the year. And of course, this is based on current feed cost and is certainly not guaranteed. The April DMC margin will be announced after the release of the USDA Ag Prices Report uh, to, to be released on, on Friday, April the 28th. And I uh, um, expect it to be 
probably probably be uh, a little less. The margin will be a little better uh, than than uh, uh, March, uh, meaning that uh, I think there'll still be a payment, but it won't uh, maybe be quite as as much as that three dollars and four cents we saw for the month of March. Well, thanks for that. It's always helpful to stay updated on that kind of stuff. Um, I know you've received several calls regarding the legislation that was passed last December that would allow dairy farmers that have expanded since 2014 to actually update their production history. So do you know any details about when or how that process will start? Unfortunately, there's uh, uh, not any new uh, information at this time, Emily. There's, uh, uh, but the belief is the, that those details will be announced perhaps as early as sometime in June. I believe the administration is, or the USDA is expected to uh, to release its uh, um, plan based on the the, uh, uh, the relief package that was passed back in, uh, I guess it was March. Uh, that hopefully these details will be rela- released as part of that bigger bigger package, and we'll know. However, I do know that the application process will be handled by the by uh, local farm service agency office offices, and that any farmer that has approved updated production history will be entitled to retroactive supplemental DMC payments for any month that is triggered, and indemnity back to January first, twenty twenty one. So, uh, meaning that uh, if if uh, June the uh, um, enrollment period or the application process starts and and the dairy farm in, farmer in, increase is able to successfully successfully increase their production history, they'll get payments for the uh, whatever that difference is between uh, what they've already received and what that supplemental payment is. So that uh, is it's helpful to know that even though we don't have the process hasn't started yet that uh, uh we know that uh, those payments are retro- retroactive and and uh, dairy farmers that are enrolled in 2021 DMC will be able to get the the back benefit from the already announced margins and if there's any dairy farmers that aren't enrolled in in 2021 then they'll have the opportunity to enroll for 2022 and and increase their production history at that time if they've expanded since 2014. So really until we know uh, any more details it's it's just a waiting game. Okay I see so it sounds like maybe next month we'll know more and we'll check in then. So what can you tell us about DRP dairy revenue protection right now? Well, I know we're running sort of short on time, so I'll just mention briefly that uh, dairy revenue protection is still showing that that decent class three and four mill prices can be set for the next five quarters. Unfortunately, market volatility drives premium prices, so with our current volatile market, premiums are quite high. But remember, these premiums are subsidized by as much as 55 cents, so are still cheaper than they would be if if dairy farmers were trading with a private broker or, or uh, even uh, with with their co-op. So quarter uh, third quarter 2021 through third quarter 2022 policies are available until June 15th. After then, uh, quarter four 2021 to quarter four 2022 policies will be available until October 15th. 95% price protected 100% class 3 policies can be purchased setting price floors of $16 a low of $16.58 to a high of $18.15 for 25 cents a hundredweight up to 46 cents a hundredweight depending on which quarter 
you're interested in uh, and uh, again this this 815 um, is well above the five-year average class 3 price of $16.33. Likewise 95% price protected uh, class 4 policies can be purchased setting floor prices of $15.19 a hundred weight up to $17.01 per hundred weight for, uh, for 21 cents a hundred weight up to 55 cents a hundred weight again uh, depending on which which quarter you're interested in so these uh, four prices just like class three are well above the five-year class four average which uh, is fourteen dollars and seventy cents and I guess Emily that uh, with that that's uh, all I have this month thanks Zach that was really informative um, and for everybody listening as always don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Amazon Music we release these every month and um, you can listen to them on any of those providers. And if you ever have a question for Zach, you're welcome to reach out to him personally so he can go over some of this stuff with you in more detail. But in the meantime, we will talk to you next month.